Welcome to the Peak Community Church Podcast, where weekly messages are available for your hearing. Um, but that was certainly, certainly so, so needed to hear um, and to share. Uh, you know, our belief and our faith are, are rooted and grounded in, in Judeo-Christian values. And if, uh, you know, the New Testament is the, old te- the mysteries of the Old Testament revealed. What was once concealed in the New Testament is now revealed unto us. And it's, it's the fulfillment, amen? And if we're not praying for the peace of Jerusalem, if we're not understanding how Jerusalem is the apple of God's eye, and America is not the center player in end-time events, everything is focused in on that little sliver of land that God promised to his people. Amen? It, it, it was, it was uh, 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 fitting, I believe, and, and, and Hannah alluded to, to Jesus as being the, the bread of life. And if I could just share with you a little bit, um, uh, just very quickly, as we prepare to partake in communion together. Um, we've, we've studied and focused in on some of those synoptic riddles, those parables of Jesus that were um, uh, in the Gospels according to Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so we've taken our vision off of them and placed them upon the Gospel according to John. And, and we realize that John, rather than being in parables, his literary style was more in allegory and story and poem, painting pictures that can be interpreted to reveal hidden and deeper meanings. Amen? And usually they were moral in, in its kind. And John teaches us about the light and darkness and how Jesus is the light that brought us peace and safety to the dark. Not, not only to the darkness and the chaos that was in the world, but the darkness and the chaos that was within our souls. And we spoke about that last week. And I just want to encourage you if... Um, you know, look us up on, go to our webpage and, and or, you know, go to your Google Play and iTunes. The Peak Community Church, the messages are all there uh, for your listening. He speaks about water, shepherds, and even the, the, the symbol of the cross, that, that, that symbol of uh, uh, Roman persecution and execution of life. And so in this new summer series that we're going to be studying, John's poetry, his pastoral language the the bible tells us that jesus was the bread the bread now something that's significant is that that bread is wheat barley rye beans did you know that that's how they made bread beans lentils millet and check out this ingredient manna 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 was used for breaking bread but many of us know manna is that heavenly bread that was like, what is it? What is it? It's like the dew in the morning. You wake up, and you know how little raindrops, a little dew on, on the leaves? Manna was this bread. It was like, and they didn't know what it was, and so they named it manna, which means, what is it? But the fact of the matter is, when I started to study this out, I realized that they used bread to make bread. In Numbers 11.8, tells us that people ground manna. In mills or beat it in the mortar and baked it in pans and made loaves of bread. However, in its prime state, when God called it bread in Exodus 16, 4, 8, 12, 15, 22, 29, manna was referred directly to bread. And, and the Hebrews, well, 
They, they, they complained about having no bread. As, as their soul said, the Bible said, hated this light bread. It appears to be this coriander seed. Manna. Comes from a coriander seed. And I was interested because, you know, I'm a, a little bit of a foodie. I like to eat. And I like Spanish food. So I was very pleased to hear that this coriander seed, you know what that seed is, what it grows up to be? In, the, in Northern America, they, they call it Chinese parsley. But for you and I, it's cilantro. Cilantro. And come on, if you're Spanish, you know that that's got to be the base for your sofrito. It's cilantro. And I'm saying, man, you know what? They used to make bread out of the seed of cilantro. And it was because it was a smaller seed and it was lighter and it was white. And when they ground it, it made a, a lighter bread. And the, the psalmist called it the bread of angels. Now, I, I, wonder, I wonder, it made me think, because then why is it that the Hebrews, why is it that they're crying out and they're saying, God, we want, we, we're tired, our, our souls hate this light bread we we want something of substance we want something that's gonna be heavy they wanted heavy food how many people here like some comfort food every now and then you just want yourself some good comfort food you know mac and cheese and you know the uh, mashed potatoes loaded with the sour cream and chives Mm, yeah Right? You know, I got some comfort food. I mean, I, I'll, I'll admit, I'll be transparent. There have been times that I've gone to a restaurant with the sole intention of coming out. Yo, it's on. I'm rolling up my sleeves and, 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 and we're getting busy. My, my purpose is to fill my belly. I want to fill my belly. And you know what? Bread was a primary source back, back in the day. They didn't do a lot of meats because once you killed an animal, you had to preserve it. They didn't have refrigeration. They didn't have ice. So, you know, those were luxury celebration times. But the fact of the matter is grains, they, you know, was, was, was big for their diet. And so bread was often made kind of wet, weighty. It was, it was made heavy to fill you. And if we read the Bible carefully, we will read a bread that was really heavy. It, it didn't satisfy, didn't make you feel good. Rather, it would make you feel uncomfortable. You ever come out of a restaurant feeling uncomfortable? Saying, man, why did I do that? <laughs> like, you know, I was already full with the appetizers. And I still made it through the entree and the dessert. Like, had no business. And yet, you know, you're enjoying the meal, and, if, and, and it tastes good, and it's so good, but yet, but you're walking out of there, and you're miserable. Like, I'm looking for the Rolades, them Tums, but the smoothies, because the other ones are chalky. Listen to what the psalm says about some of this heavy bread, the weighty bread, that, that was the alternative. Amen? Psalm 80 verses 5 through 6. Here the psalmist was speaking and and praying for Israel's restoration from captivity. And and the Bible says that you have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears 
to drink in great measure. You have made us a strife to our neighbors and our enemies laugh among themselves. There is strife to their neighbors because their neighbors, you know, they have that free willy style, the, the, the liberal kind of like everything is good, everything is okay. You, there, there are no things that, that, that are going to be offensive. We can all get along. And all of a sudden, you've got these people that say, I'm not going to do that. That ain't right. God says that that's not right. And all of a sudden, people become a strife. And the people that are around them begin to laugh at their beliefs. And, and, and because they would fall into idolatry, all of a sudden, they're, they're fed with bread of tears. Isaiah 30, 20, And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and water, of affliction. This bread of adversity, it, 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 was, it was a result of the idolatry that they would fall into because of the people that were around them. And what does the prophet say here in the chapter that in, in spite of the judgments that would be falling upon them, he had a calling of hope that the Lord is eager to bless his people. The day will come when the people will hear teachers like Isaiah and walk in divine guidance. Isaiah was calling out to a time when, when the people would have real teachers and pastors and, and would not compromise the word of God and speak it in its full truth and in love. And then the people would have divine guidance. It's not just the, the result of having a, a good pastor. It's about having the Holy Spirit that comes and confirms inside of you the truth that's written within the word of God. Proverbs 4.17, for they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. This is an intentional act. This is the meal that they would prefer. They're eating bread of wickedness. Here they represent the wicked ones, saying they are literally addicted to evil. It becomes as natural to them as sleeping, eating, and drinking. And finally, Proverbs 31, 27, the, the virtuous woman says she watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. The bread of idleness. This is a bread of laziness, playing the system, playing the cracks, trying to get over. And we can see that there is an image of bread that is consumed in anguish. And how many people know that that's heavy dough? That's some heavy dough. I'm not sure what type of bread you've consumed or in the process of consuming. For whatever reason, we always seem to go back to unhealthy habits. You could pick up some good habits and be doing well for a little while, but for whatever reason, our human nature is always to revert back. As soon as things get difficult, as soon as things get a little uncomfortable, as soon as we don't know what's going to happen, we, we fall into this place of reverting back to what we know, what's comfortable. Huh? Let's for a moment consider that we're not talking about actual bread but the things that we feed ourselves spiritually and emotionally, especially when we're broken. I want to talk about the alcohol. 
I want to talk about binge watching movies. You think, you think it's okay because you're not doing anything, but you spend 16 hours catching up on your series and all of that time has gone by and you begin to binge watch. There's, there's a psychological effect that happens onto your mind. You should only watch certain things in, 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 in glimpse and in, in pieces. Some people use unnecessary shopping. They just, want to spend, spend something. It it releases an endorphin. Sex. We we fall ourselves into into sex and adultery and poor eating habits and workaholism and avoidance and procrastination. Some of the worst things that we can do is doing nothing. Is to do nothing. There's those sins of commission, doing the things that I shouldn't be doing, the things of omission, not doing the things that I know I should. Either way, before a holy God, we'd be guilty. And I know we all eat this kind of bread. If this is hitting home with you at one level or another, you're not alone. I stand on the forefront of here and I can identify areas where, where this is, hits home to me. We all eat this kind of bread. Load up on these heavy carbs. Fill our bellies. Because we just want to f- escape or feel good or taste something good. Even if it just only lasts for a moment. But, but whenever it's those empty, heavy calories, the, the more we eat, the, the more we want. How many people... Eat Chinese food. You like Chinese food? You like Chinese food? The mystery about Chinese food, I like Chinese food. The mystery about Chinese food is that you can eat Chinese food to your fill. I'm talking about, you know, beef, fried rice, the, the chicken, general soul, whatever. I mean, you can eat Chinese food and be full. And then all of a sudden, two hours later, you're hungry again. What's up with that? See, it's not just me. It's a mystery. The more you eat, the more you want. And this is the lie of the adversary. This is the thing that he tries to push at you. Oh, but didn't you feel good for that temporary moment? Don't you want more of that? You don't remember how miserable you felt after it. You just remember how good you felt while you were tasting it. And that's how he gets us. Because our selective memory. He's wise, that cunning serpent. I got to tell you this morning that our challenge is that we must make a choice to stop eating this heavy dough. We can make a choice. It's up to us, the free will. We can, we can discipline our bodies and we, through fasting, through fasting, we discipline the body to be able to have the body come under subjection to the spirit. The spirit should be dragging the body around. The body shouldn't be dragging the spirit. Amen. Come on. John 6, 30, 35. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Show us. Our fathers ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am 
the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Hallelujah. If you bear with me a few more minutes, I want to I wanna give you an, uh, an understanding here that Jesus was giving his disciples a greater vision, a deeper understanding. Huh? A, a lesson in letting go of the familiar in order to embrace the new. I remember one of the first times when, when I started, actually, like, really fast. It wasn't like one of those, oh, I'm going to fast breakfast. I'm going to give up lunch. That's my fast. It was one of those real, like, you know, seven-day, 40-day type of fast, one of those long terms, and I started to get into it. And for a guy that, you know, burgers and french fries and potatoes and steaks that like that's my diet that's what i like and 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 all of a sudden i'm going in and i'm doing this daniel fast and it's almost like going vegetarian vegan and i'm thinking what can i possibly eat there's nothing but fruit vegetables and nuts that's all fruit vegetables and nuts that's 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 the diet and 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 if you're not a person that eats a lot of vegetables um you're limited in your understanding of how you can actually prepare vegetables. And so I went in to this fast absolutely miserable. Miserable. Didn't want to do it, like kicking and sin, but I'm going to do it just because I love you, God. <laughs> kicking and screaming, I, I began this fast. First day, second day, third day, pure misery. Pure misery. I was just terrible. And then on the fourth or fifth day, I, I found a recipe for eggplant. And, and I and I and I saw something. I, I tasted something, and it was completely within the realm of this diet. And I said, "This taste is so good." I don't know it's because I hadn't eaten a steak in like maybe three, four, five days, and I'm like, "This eggplant was delicious." And then I started to find out these recipes, and and God began to reveal to me that that the things that I was holding on to so so dearly because it's all I knew, it's what I liked. He said, you know what? You, you thought you were holding on to something that, that was so special to you, but, but all along I had something better for you. You didn't know it. You couldn't get it until you let go of that what was familiar and then embraced and opened this door of, of uncharted waters. And I was introduced to Brussels sprouts and asparagus. But it was, I realized that I would have never experienced that world of vegan you know fork over knives world of i mean there's a world out there of people that this is all they eat that's you mary <laughs> and then i realized you know we we have the wrong mindset because our food can also become our drug and i realized that we're not living to eat but we're eating to live and that there is a better way there is a better way. If we would just let go. If we would just let go of what's familiar. I never wanted to try anything else but what I was familiar with. And even if that made me heavy and bloated, I would still put myself through it. And whenever we fall into sin, it makes us feel heavy and guilty and convicted. And everything else that we feed ourselves can never fully satisfy the hunger that can only be met by Jesus Christ. That's the truth. We can binge all we want. We can binge on alcohol, on drugs, on sex, on you name it. Everybody has it. 
But unless you're ingesting the bread of life, unless you're, you're ingesting him for the right reasons, we will never know true satisfaction, true contentment. People want to try Christ because their lives are miserable. And they know what they're doing isn't working. They say, well, you know what? I'll take Jesus because if he can make my life better, then, I, then, then I'll take some of that. But your motivation of going to him isn't because of what he's done for you. It's because of what he can do. It's not a matter of what you can give. It's a matter of what he gave. The, the motivation is, is twisted and our hearts have to be right before we come to God. We come to Jesus because we recognize that we're twisted. We recognize that we fall short. We recognize that there is sin in our lives, that we've got these bad habits, this heavy bread that we revert to when, when the going gets tough. But that's not the right motivation. The right motivation is to come to Jesus because it's the only solution for the malady of our heart. The things that we've done. The acts, the words, the thoughts, my God. Jesus came to set us free from that. To change our diet. Don't, don't you like a good meal? Ever have that meal? It's like that, just that perfect meal. Not too full. Not hungry anymore. And just sitting right, no guilt, guilt-free meal. I love having those meals that you could just eat and you feel great about the meal. Every meal should be like that. But instead we emotionally eat. And we always go back to the chips, the burgers, and the fries, and the sweets. But let us consider for a moment that we're not talking about actual food. But the things that we feed ourselves spiritually, emotionally substance abuse addictions unhealthy habits fornication apathy inaction there's a better way family and i want to encourage you don't go back to those empty heavy carbs matthew eleven twenty eight says come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest satisfaction fulfillment Take my yoke and learn from me for i am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest Satisfaction and fulfillment for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Huh? His burden is light. He is that light bread. How is it that one person says, I hate it, and the other person is saying, it's angelic? Huh? God is the one that changes our taste buds. He, he changes our taste. The things that I used to enjoy doing, I no longer enjoy doing. The things that I used to run from doing now, I love. He, he changed my heart. He changed my palate. He comes and transforms us from the inside out. Only He can satisfy our appetite. We're afraid of making change, letting go of the familiar in order to embrace or commit to the new. And I want to ask you, if you're tired of the heaviness, of feeling bloated, of knowing, when you know that you know that you're not eating right, that you're eating the wrong bread, I want to challenge you this morning, if you're ready to drop that heavy dough and embrace God's life to commit to fight. 
This is a call to embrace the bread of life, to commit to fight the temptations of going back to those heavy, empty calories and trusting God with a lighter, healthier bread that would satisfy us and leave us content and fulfilled, that has all of the nutrients we need to be sustained. He is our sustenance this morning, church. The Peak Community Church is a young, vibrant, life-giving church in the heart of Peekskill. Come and visit us on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. at the historic Elks Club, 1038 Brown Street. Thank you for listening.